Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The Word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 13 with me. Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. If you want to follow along with me in my notes, you can access them on the YouVersion Bible app. Under the event section, you can save it to your device. And if you miss any of the messages that we've been doing this year in December, I encourage you to go to our website or go to our podcast and you get all the messages for free. And so over the last two and a half months, we've been looking at the children of Israel in the wilderness and then possessing their promised land. First Corinthians told us that these things were written for our instruction for those of us who live at the end time, and that's us. So there are things that the Holy Ghost has been pulling out over the last two and a half months that affects us as individuals, that affects us as a church family. And so I was praying about, Lord, what is the last message I'm going to minister in this building before we move? And as I was praying about a certain word, picked up in my heart. We'll see if you catch it while we read these next few passages. Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him. Now, why was Lot with them? Abram was disobedient. God told Abram, leave everybody behind. You, Sarai, leave. He felt obligated to take Lot, so he did. Now, his motive was probably right. But isn't there a phrase that people said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? See, it may be good, but it may not be God. But notice God began to speak to him about his future, his purpose, and his promise after he got out of disobedience. Because while he was in disobedience, strife began to generate. And there's also on the other side of it, don't be upset because people leave your life. See, sometimes you hang on to people who God wants to say bye-bye. There are some people you still have in your life that you would never even knew, know of if you weren't on Facebook. That they were there for a season, but you made a lifetime out of it. Just because people leave you, don't cry. What did Paul say in the New Testament? He says, everybody walked out, but Jesus stood by, stood by me. So Paul could have said, I could have been crying and whining about all the people who left me. But if I did, I would miss Jesus coming and standing next to me. There are people who leave you. There are people who won't associate with you anymore. But just see it as God making room for your best to come. Stop feeling bad about yourself. Stop getting down on yourself. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. They turned their backs on me. They did it to Jesus too. But just trust God that he'll make up the gap. So Lot has left. And now God tells them, lift up now your eyes. And look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, say see. see. To you will I give it and to your seed forever. And I'll make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed also be numbered. Arise. Say arise. arise. Walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto you. Now, last fall, I was praying. One of the things I do every fall is pray about a specific word that will pop up into my heart, what God wants me to focus on for this church for the year. And the word that came into my heart, I believe, in August and September of last year was the word horizon. And so the last two and a half months, I've been preaching off of that word horizon. I was thinking yesterday, I was like, what's going to happen when I ask God for a sentence? So off of this one word, we've been looking at different definitions. Because we said the children of Israel, that first generation, died in the wilderness while the promised land was still on the horizon. They could see it, but they couldn't access it. How many Christians can see where God has called them to be but never get there? 
So we've been talking over the last two and a half months how that should not be you, how you can make sure you cross the horizon and get into your promised land. And so we've been looking at different definitions for the word horizon. The first definition that we covered previously is the furthest your eyes can see or the limits that you can see coming. The second definition we covered was the line where the earth seems to meet the sky. We talked about that in January, heaven coming to earth. But two new definitions we'll talk about today briefly. The third definition is the range of perception or experience. The range of perception or the range of experience. The fourth definition is something that might be attained. The limit of what is possible in a particular field or activity. For example, open up a new horizons in the field of a specific technology. So the Lord told Abram to look around and that everything he could see would be given to him. So Abram standing in one place could see a large amount of territory, right? Right? If you stay outside on a clear day, there's nothing blocking, you can see for miles. But that wasn't enough. If Abram stood where and stayed where he was, he wouldn't be able to see everything God had for him. So God told him, arise. Walk the entire land. Because Abram's range of perception and experience will be increased when he arose. He could see more. He would be able to see further and see what was possible to be attained. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We've been in and out of this chapter for two and a half months now. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Say, arise. arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Moses was dead and buried. Joshua and the children of Israel were ending their time of mourning. They had mourned for 30 days. And so at the end of this 30 days, the Lord tells Joshua, arise. Cross over the Jordan so that they could possess what God had for them. If they never arose, the promised land would stay on the horizon. They had to arise. Say arise. Now when you think about Moses' life and ministry... Some amazing things had happened and the 40 years he had led Israel. Some amazing, wonderful, mind-boggling things had happened. But also some horrible things that happened. You had two extremes of amazing, God providing from heaven, and then you had people not entering into what God provided for them. It's kind of like our last 20 years in this building. We've had some amazing things happen. I know this building means a lot to a lot of people in here. I grew up in this building. When we moved in this building, I was 11. I remember when we came here, I was still in kids' world. I wasn't even in the main sanctuary yet. My kids' ministers right there in the back. Hey, Minister April. The next year, I was technically going to the sanctuary. And while we were there, it was the first minister's conference I went to as a 12-year-old, and the Holy Ghost got moving on the last night. Bishop and Dr. Leroy Thompson were speaking. It was a wild night. I used to sit in that second row right there, minding my own business, and here comes the two men of God. Come here. I start around this altar right there, and somehow I end up in the middle of the sanctuary because they didn't just lay hands on me once. They kept laying hands on me again and again and again and again. I'm ending up in the middle of the sanctuary. Somehow I make it back to my seat, and they tell me for the rest of the service, I was just laid over somebody weeping under the power of God. So that's when I was 12. Sometime later that summer, Bishop was preaching. He was about to fly back to Michigan or Arizona, wherever he was going, because he used to do three churches on one Sunday. 
And I walk him by just to talk to him right over there. And he begins to minister to me. I went to say, what's up? And the Lord starts talking to him. And he starts telling him, I said, yeah, I know what you're called to do, but I'm not going to tell you. When you're ready, God will bring it to you. And so over that year, I began to know what the Lord called me to do. So January 14, 2000 comes. Another minister's conference. It's at the end of the service. Bishop's closing up. He just flowed in the spirit for an hour, laying hands on people. Sitting here, minding my own business. It's a good 13-year-old in the house of God. My grandma used to sit right here in that chair. I was sitting next to her. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Everyone lift your hands. I know I'm your uncle, but not flowing as your uncle. I'm the anointed of God. Step this way. And so he begins to minister to me right here. And the Lord begins to say through him what he called me to do. And the anointing comes on me in a tangible way where I could feel it in my hands. And this is where I told Jesus, yes, I'm going to do what you called me to do. And so over the years, I grew up here, went through the youth ministry here. And in 2003, when we began to move back to Michigan, the Lord put on my heart that I was supposed to come here and pastor this church. Now, I learned from Joseph, just because God tells you something doesn't mean you say it. If you don't know what that message means, read his life and you will learn. And so I kind of sat on the side. Graduate up there, go to ORU. Between the time and ORU, I come back and intern here. I intern, my intern office with one of the cubicles in that back hallway. Sitting right next to Minister Hackney. Did all the different things in the ministry. Preached here my second time as a minister. And then go back to ORU. My wife and I were dating at the time. And I told her, there's something about, she says, since she met me and my family, we would always talk about the church in Atlanta. And I believe it was my junior year, I came back from ministering in Argentina and said, I think I'm supposed to go back to Atlanta and pastor that church. It was just so strong on me. I said, I, I don't know if I'm going to finish ORU. I just know that's what I'm supposed to do. And so time goes by, doesn't happen, go to Texas, live there for a few years. In 2013, I moved back here. Over those years, the things that God has done in this building since I've been pastor, this building, this spot, means a lot to me. Just like you have stories of what God has done for you while this has been our church home in this building. We all have stories of how God has done amazing things as we gather together at this location. But as I said for years, we are not a building. We are a movement. And so Moses was dead and buried. So with him was the great things in the past, but also the horrible things in the past. And acknowledging the 20 years we've been here, we've had some great things and we've had some horrible things. You're not got to pretend we've had both extremes. We've seen highs, we've seen lows, we've seen victories, we've seen defeats. But as we're about to cross over into our promised land, we have to bury some things. We have to bury some experiences. We have to bury some messages, some things that were said, some feelings and some emotions and let them be buried. And God looks at us today and says, it's done. It's buried. Now arise. And cross over. We have to leave some things behind us. Because it's easy to talk about the past. People live in the past and make denominations out of the past. But while they live in the past, they miss what God wants to do in the future. Go to Joshua chapter 8. Say, arise. arise. Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. This is after the great victory at Jericho and the stunning defeat at Ai. We covered a couple weeks ago why they were defeated at I. Achan sinned. He violated the tithe. He violated the first fruit command concerning Jericho. And they went to battle and they were defeated. So now it's time to go against I again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, verse 1, Fear not, don't be afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, don't panic. Take all the people who are with you and arise. Say arise. 
and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Joshua and Israel had just experienced a stunning defeat. But the Lord told them, don't be afraid. Arise. Say arise. Go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. If you haven't caught on to it, the title of today's message is Arise. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So God told him to go to this brook and stay there, and God would provide for him, right? You see that, right? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Did he do everything God told him to? Yes. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, Elijah did everything God said, but because of natural circumstances, things around him began to dry up. You know, he's wondering, well, God, you told me to go here, but now it seems like where you told me to go is not working, Right? What does God say? And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise. Get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Eliza was in the place the Lord had called him to be. Circumstance began to change, and Lord him told, the Lord told him to arise and go. Go to Jonah chapter 1. A lot of people say, well, God told me to do this 50 years ago. Well, that's great. What did he tell you to do today? A lot of times we forget to ask God and check in, say, hey, am I on the right course? Because what happens, you can get a word from God and begin to do it and not realize it and get slightly off. And if you're flying a plane and you get slightly off, just a degree, you could end up on another country. If you go far enough and long enough. So one of the things Satan tries to do is to blow you off course. It doesn't have to be a mighty gust. can be just a little wind that you don't correct. So just because God said something 20 years ago, you need to make sure you're staying in step to what the Holy Ghost wants you to do today. It will be the same instruction, but you make sure that you're carrying out the way he wants you to. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Say, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So God told Jonah, go preach to Nineveh. Their wickedness has come up before me, which means judgment's about to come. But God's nature, he never rejoices in the death of the wicked. He wants all men to repent. So he says, go give Nineveh another chance. You're their last chance. Go and preach. Jonah's like, not today. Now Jonah had reasons. Because Jonah's ministry didn't start then. You read the Old Testament, he already had a ministry in Israel. He already had a ministry there. He wanted to stay there. But some of the commentaries believe that the Ninevites, very violent people, these were the Assyrians, the capital of Assyria, invaded his land and killed some of his family members. So now Jonah doesn't just blame a few members, he blames the entire race. Jonah is a racist. And Jonah doesn't want the people to repent because he knows if he preaches this message, they're going to repent. He wants them all to die and go to hell. So he gets on the boat and goes as far away as he can. And the boat gets caught up in a storm. We know the story because Jonah begins to preach while he's in the storm. They says, what's going on? They figure out Jonah's the reason the storm has come. They says, why is there a storm? Well, the God I serve, I'm his prophet. Because it says he told them already that he was running from God. You know, they didn't care. This crazy preacher saying he's running from God. What well, doesn't matter to us. 
But when the storm came, they're like, okay, tell us about your God. He says, he made the earth. He made the sea. He made the sky. He begins to preach and testify. It doesn't bring faith to the heart. It terrifies them. So you're telling us you ran from the one that made everything, and now we're in a storm because you are hard-headed and a racist? And so he was like, what should we do? He says, pick me up and throw me in the water. He's like, no, you've already caused a storm. If we throw you in the water, who knows what's going to happen to us? So Jonah says, no, if you throw, up, throw me in the water, everything will be fine. So they said, God, don't hold it to our hearts. He told us to do this. They throw him in the water. It's peaceful, and everybody on the boat turns to go. Jonah sinks to the depths of the ocean. Apparently he couldn't swim. Falling to the bottom of the ocean, thinking his life is over. But God provides a great fish or a whale. And although he saved his life, which you got to think, that's not the stomach of a whale. This is not Pinocchio. This is not a place you want to hang out for a couple days. But you read Jonah chapter 2, it's the prayer of Jonah from the belly of that whale. It is God caused the whale to spit Jonah up on dry land. So you get to chapter 3, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came came unto Jonah the second time, saying... Arise, say arise. arise. Go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. See, if Jonah did not arise, judgment and destruction would have come upon Nineveh. There were other people counting on him to arise. Throughout the scripture, the word arise is used in many places and situations. It carries the usual meaning of standing up, leaving the place or state of rest, or leaving a sitting or lying position. But it's also defined as to ascend, to mount up, or to move to a higher place. It's also defined as to ascend, to mount up, or to move to a higher place. As we are rising today, we're not just getting up and moving into a new church home. We are rising up to a higher place in the spirit and in our purpose. We are rising as individuals and as a corporate body. You see, the Christian life is about progression upward. The Christian life is about progression upward. Go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Say, arise. Arise. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. John says, after this I looked and behold, our door was open in heaven. God gave him an open door. And the first voice which I heard was that it was a trumpet talking with me which said, come up here. And I will show you things which must be hereafter. God is calling us upward. God is calling us to arise. Not just to move to a new church home, but to arise to a greater place in the spirit and in our purpose. To rise up and take the place he's prepared for us. The Christian life is about progress upward. We're supposed to be increasing. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be going higher. Go to Psalm 84. That word come up we just read from in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 in the Greek is also translated arise. Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose heart are the ways of them. So this man already has strength in the Lord, right? Because who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, 
The rain also fills the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appearing before God. Now, you know what's interesting? They don't just stay at one level of strength in God. They go to a higher level of strength. But when I looked at the New Living Translation, the Amplified Classic Edition was similar to it. The New Living Translation says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, that's what Baca means. Now, the valley of weeping is not the place you want to go. You do not want a vacation there. People call it the valley of weeping because they're weeping, right? It will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. We are to grow in strength. As we grow in strength, what surrounds us will change. I said, as we grow in strength, what surrounds us will change. We are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and grow stronger every day. Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Verse 7 in the Amplified from Psalm 84 says, They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We know faith is supposed to be the lifestyle of the believer, right? But we're not supposed to stay at one level of faith. We are to go from faith to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We are to increase in faith every day. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. So we increase in strength. We increase in faith. We have to arise. We have to go higher. We have to respond to the upward call of the Lord. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. And according to some scholars and commentary, there's not a lot of time that takes place between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. And so Paul's writing them once again, even though he just wrote them maybe a few months, maybe a year before then. But notice what he says. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because your faith grows exceedingly. And the charity or the love of every one of you toward each other abounds. So in just a few months, they went from just growing in faith, now their faith is growing exceedingly. Another translation says growing beyond measure. It would be good just to go faith and here's another level of faith, I can recognize it. Paul's saying your faith is growing so fast we can't measure it. And he says and your love toward one another is abounding. One of the things he said about this church, he says no one has to teach you how to love each other. Y'all already doing it because God taught you. I'm going to remind you about it, but you guys are already doing great. Philippians 1 verse 9, New Living Translation says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and in understanding. We're supposed to grow in love. We're supposed to increase in love till the love of God in us overflows and everyone that encounters us encounters the love of God. When I was looking at the doors of a new building, a strange thought, a different thought came up in my heart. And it was, what do you want to say over these doors? And my heart's reply was, I want everyone who walks through these doors to encounter the love of God on such a way that they leave knowing exactly what love is. We have to increase in love. It says grow in knowledge and understanding so we are to grow in wisdom. You know, it's okay for a four-year-old not to know how things work. They fall. 
Now a 13-year-old thinks they know everything, but we know they don't. But they're learning. But by the time you're 40, you should know something. You shouldn't be acting like a 13-year-old even though you're 40. So we're supposed to grow in wisdom and understanding and knowledge. We're supposed to grow in love, grow in faith, grow in strength. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We have to arise. We have to grow. We have to come up to a higher place. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This word change is also defined as transformed. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, and all of us as with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So Paul is describing a process. Well, what's interesting about this word changed or transformed or transfigured, it's the same word that talks about Jesus being transfigured on the mount. It says that Jesus was walking with Peter, James, and John. They were probably having a normal everyday conversation. Peter's probably just running his mouth like always. And all of a sudden, Jesus transforms in front of him. He begins to shine. He begins to glow. They said it was like the noonday sun. Now, they did pretty good because they stayed. Now, a lot of y'all, if we were outside just walking around and just talking and all of a sudden, I began to shine. I began to radiate. Some of you are like, Pastor, we talk to you later. <laughs> Let us know when this, whatever it is, calms down. And as it begins to shine, Moses and Elijah appear next to him. And the things Peter, James, and John recognized them. They never met them before. They knew this is Moses, this is Elijah. So they had begin to have a conversation with Jesus. And they fall down because the power is so strong. They get up on their feet and Peter doesn't know what to do. So he just starts talking. Hey, it's good for us to be here. We can make you guys a tent. We can guys make you a house. One for you, Jesus. One for Moses. One for Elijah. He's just talking. He doesn't know what he's saying. And as he's talking, it says the glory cloud. This is the cloud that was on Mount Sinai that was in Solomon's temple, begins to cover the mountain. And as Peter, James, and John says this, they begin to shake because they read about this cloud. You know, they never thought they were going to see it. But everything they read about, they read about Moses and Elijah all their lives. They read about the glory cloud all their lives. Now, all of a sudden, everything they read about is before them, and now they are shaking. And then here comes God talk. This is my son. Listen to him. So they're on the ground shaking, and Jesus touches them. Hey, arise. Let's go. And they're looking around like, where did everybody go? The point of that story is the glory that came from Jesus. Notice it was the glory of Jesus, not the glory of the Father. The glory of the Father was the cloud. The shining of Jesus was his glory. When you read John chapter 2, Jesus, you gave me your glory. And you keep reading, Jesus says, the glory that you gave me, I gave them. So when Paul is describing a transformation, a transfiguration, he's talking about all of us heading to this glorified state. All of us shining the glory of God. Because if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, when you are born again, the glory of God got put on the inside of you. He says, well, I'm not as glorious as that passage. It's a process. You see, we think about the rapture of the church, and we think, well, all of a sudden we're going to disappear. It doesn't say that. It says, at the twinkling of an eye, because blinking is too slow, we shall all be changed. John, 1 John 3 says, right now, beloved, what love God has bestowed upon us to be called the sons of God. But it does not yet appear what we shall be, 
But we know when we see him, we shall be like him. So by the time Jesus appears, we have already changed. So before we get raptured, before we get taken up, there's going to be a change. See, there's a change coming. But see, the thing is, you think God is going to take us from some low level of not having glory and all of a sudden at one moment take us all the way up here to glory? No. It's a process. From glory to glory to glory to glory till we look just like Jesus. Walking as such the fullness of our redemption and the glory, the uninformed would walk by us and mistake us for Jesus himself. That's what the glory of God does. As you keep looking at the word of God, as you keep reading it and believing and spending time in prayer, you begin to transform. And yes, you're still you. Yes, you still have your personality, but now Jesus has filled you and your personality. And everything bad about you has fallen off and everything that's like Jesus begins to amplify. So we're called from go to glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength, increase in love, increase in wisdom, increase in understanding. We have to arise. This has to be our steady progression. We are called as individuals to go higher, and we're called as a church to go higher. Just like we saw in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, God is calling us today to come up here, come up higher, or arise. Often in Scripture when God says arise, there are further instructions attached to the act of rising up. In other places we see, when we see arise, God does something wonderful. So Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, God says arise and I'll show you something. But there's other times God says arise and he does something. Go to Isaiah chapter 60. Say arise. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. says, arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So we are to arise and shine the glory of God. When we arise, God arises. Say, when I arise, God arises. When it speaks of God arising, it uses the same language as the sun rising. It's also translated as scattering rays. When God arises, light begins to shine forth everywhere. Glory begins to manifest. We know that word glory means heavy with everything good. So a manifestation of the glory, which is a manifestation of the goodness of God, can handle whatever you're facing. So when you arise, the manifestation of God's goodness scatter everywhere. When you arise, God arises. But let us know if you don't arise, God can't arise in your situation. We always expect God to do everything. God expects you to do something. You know, babies, young ones, you do everything. But eventually you're training them. So they can do something themselves without making a mess. My daughter, she's already independent. She's been independent since two months, something like that. And so the other day, she got access to the cabinet. She likes Cheerios. So I'm cooking on the stove. I saw her with some Cheerios. I said, oh, okay. It didn't click yet. She goes... And gets, she has a toy kitchen, so she copies everything she sees mommy and daddy do. So she can practice cooking stuff and bringing stuff to us. So she goes to get her bucket from her kitchen, 
brings to the kitchen where I am and takes those Cheerios and empties it into the bucket because she wanted a snack. And so I turn around, I'm like, wow, she didn't spill it. That's progress. But there's no way you're going to eat all these Cheerios. You're going to eat a few handfuls, and then it's going to go everywhere. Now, the thing is, that's a great start. But by the time she's a couple years older, I don't expect her to fill a bucket of Cheerios. God wants you to grow up. God wants you to come higher so that when you arise, he can do something. That he can do marvelous things through you. A lot of times we see God do amazing things in spite of us. I don't know about you, but I want to see God do amazing things through me. You know, baby Christians start out, God, what can you do for me? But when you grow up, you begin to say, God, what can you do through me? When you take your place and begin to arise, God can arise in your situation. And it affects others. But how do we know that? Because it says Gentiles. Who are those? Those who don't know God. You are not a Gentile. Now, after your flesh, your race, you are more than likely not a part of the Jewish nation. You're not. I'm not getting into that. I preached a whole series and I get in a line. More than likely, you're not. But it doesn't matter because if you're in the church, you can't be a Jew or a Gentile anyways. God has specific dealings with the church, specific dealings with the Jews, specific dealings with the Gentiles. He has a covenant toward the church, a covenant toward the Jews, and certain dealings with the Gentiles. The word Gentiles is translated nations, but it's also translated heathen in the Old Testament are those who are without God or those who are without a covenant. You have a covenant, you are in Christ. There's only three groups in the earth, the church, the Jews, and the Gentiles. You can't be a member of more than one. So if you're confused, you need to pick which one you want to be in. That's all I'll say about that today. So what it says, Gentiles or those who don't know God, and their kings will come to the brightness that shines from our rising up. So as we arise, those who are far from God and those who don't know God will run to him because of his shining through us. So it's like Jonah, if we don't rise up, people will die and go to hell. But if we rise up, people will be saved. If we stay at our current level, not as many people can come into the kingdom of God. But if we rise up, more people can come and know Jesus like we know him. We must arise not just for ourselves and our own benefit. We must arise so other people can experience the goodness of God. We must arise and see all that God has for us. Like Abraham, we must arise and expand our perceptions of what God has prepared and made available for us. Like Joshua, we must arise and cross over to the place God has prepared for us. Also like Joshua, we must arise and leave the past behind. Like Elijah, we must arise to the place God has called us and place provision. As we arise, we will experience a degree of glory that we've only heard prophesied about. We must rise up in these areas and more. Go to Psalm 102. And we'll bring it to a close. Psalm 102, verse 13. Psalm 102, verse 13. When we arise, God arises. Psalm 102, verse 13. So what happens when God arises? We see the glory manifest. What also happens? Psalm 102, verse 13. You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time. Is coming. So when God arises, mercy, compassion manifest, but favor begins to manifest. Why? The set time has come. What do we talk about at the end of December? This is a 
set time. We said it's a year of fullness, which also means it's a year of fulfillment. This is a set time on God's calendar. Yes, fullness, overflow, and glory for us. Yes, Holy Ghost and fire. But it's a set time for us as individuals and Faith Christian Center to arise. As we arise, God will arise. As we arise, we'll run into levels of favor we've never seen before. We'll begin to take a step into our purpose. We'll begin to step out into what God has already called us to do. We've seen bits and pieces over the years. Bits and pieces over the last 25 years. Manifestation here, manifestation there. Glory here, glory there, goodness here. But now it's becoming more consistent. It's going higher. It's going higher. And for it to keep going higher, we have to come up higher. We have to arise. We have to step up in our praying. We have to step up in our believing. We have to step up in our giving. We have to step up in our witnessing. We have to step up in our love wall. We have to step up in our faith. We have to step up in our wisdom. We have to step up in the glory of God. We must arise. So the time has come. Let us arise and cross over to 3831 Straymore Point Parkway. Let us arise, for surely our God shall arise as well. So, arise. As I told you for the last few months, I've been studying Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua. And what happened on the Passover? Because God's intention was the first generation to go into the promised land. He had them at the mountain for a year. He wanted them in the promised land under three years. They were delayed because of their own unbelief. But what happened on the night of the Passover? Everyone was healed. And everyone was strengthened. Right? So you have people there who were babies and people there who were easily over 100. But it says no one was weak, no one was sick, no one was feeble. So even if they couldn't walk, when they took off the Passover lamb, they were healed. Even if their body was weak because of old age and says, I can't do this march, they were supernaturally healed. God never intended the Israelites to go into the promised land sick, weak, or broke. At one moment, he fixed it all. And so as I've been meditating in this, my heart, I don't believe God wants us to go into our promised land week. And so he told me today that a supernatural strengthening will come to those who would receive it. So whether you may feel weak today, this strength that's going to go into your body and strengthen you. But that strength is also renewing. There's some of you who says, well, I can't do as much because I'm older. God will renew your youth like the eagles if you will receive it today. Then he also told me supernatural healing to those who would believe it. So what the Holy Ghost is about to do in a moment is according to what you believe and according to what you will receive. Because in order to go higher, we'll need the power of God to do it. But all you got to do is believe and receive. And then you can go up higher and go to place all the places God has called you to go. Come here, Minister Dathan. Are you ready to rise? Are you ready to receive the supernatural strengthening from the Lord? Lift your hands towards heaven. However God gives you to sing it, sing, come up here. Yeah. And whatever else he gives you. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up.
with him. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Receive the strengthening of the Lord. Receive his renewing power. As he renews your youth like the eagles if you receive it. As he imparts more strength into your heart. More strength into your spirit. More strength into your soul. More strength into your body. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Increase in strength right now. For our God is strong. And we receive of his strength right now. No more saying, I'm too tired, I'm too weak, I can't do it. Start saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Come on, say it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Say, I go from strength to strength. Say, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, we will rise. We will rise. We will rise. We to heaven as a healing anointing sweeps this place doesn't matter what sickness what disease what pain what infirmity what spirit of infirmity lift your hands right now and receive the healing anointing from God by Jesus stripes be healed be made whole we command every sickness every disease every pain every infirmity to bow to the name of Jesus every cell of every body under the sound of my voice receive this healing anointing receive this tent anointing we release miracles if there's things in your body that needs to disappear we command it to go if there are things in your body that need to be created we command them to be created things that need to be fixed be fixed right now and Jesus mighty Say we will, we will arise. 
had pain before, some type of thing in your body before, began to check yourself. Began to do what you couldn't do. And if you see a difference, just wave at me and testify of his healing power. Look at those hands all over the building. If you already can see a difference, just wave at me. He's a healer. And the Lord is with us. As we arise, he goes before us, he goes behind us, and he goes with us. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> As you arise, said the Lord, you'll begin to see the things I've prepared for you. Things you would have even seen because you were living too low. You have to understand, even in the natural, if you stay at a certain height, there are things you can't see because there's things blocking your way. But as you rise up, you'll begin to see beyond previous barriers. You'll begin to see beyond previous walls. You'll keep going higher and higher and see more and more. You'll see farther and farther. You'll rise, you'll rise, you'll rise. And you'll begin to see the great manifestation of my goodness. For my glory is heavy with everything good, and my goodness is greater than anything you can imagine. But you'll begin to see it and begin to imagine more as you rise and take your place. As you rise and take your place, you'll be filled with joy. Joy unspeakable and filled with glory. You'll rise and you'll laugh. You'll rise and you'll smile. You'll rise and you'll dance. You'll rise and you'll sing. And then you'll begin to laugh, 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 laugh. Because you see, everything I've told you for years has surely come to pass. Yes, in your life as individuals, but yes, where Faith Christian Center is concerned. Everything I said in the past through the previous men of God, also through the prophets of God that have come through this house, everything I said shall all come to pass. So arise today and walk in to the future I prepared for you, says the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. There's another tongue out there. If you got it, give it. Some you got that one? As you're moving, says the Lord, as you're moving, as you take your place, don't be moved by to the left, don't be moved to the right. Don't be moved by what you hear, don't be moved by what you see. Don't listen to all the noise all around you. Just rise up and take your place. Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. Refuse to be dragged low by church drama and come up higher. Refuse to be dragged low by the mouths of people, come up higher. Refuse to be dragged low by what you see on social media. Come up higher. Rise up, take your place, and shine. For the glory of the Lord 
has come upon you. Now, my sister, release what God has in your heart. Go ahead, the other tongue over here. Go ahead, sis. And it shall all come to pass. It shall all come to pass at last. What I promise you as an individual, what I promise this church family. But as it comes to pass, yes, you'll rejoice, but there's going to be many more thousands that rejoice with you. Not just people who've just finally come back home to church, but people who never knew me, whose families were far from me. They'll walk through that building, they'll walk across your presence, and they'll be drawn to my love, they'll be drawn to my glory. And as you arise, you'll snatch many from hell, because many will, people will come and begin to tell of the goodness of God, of the love of Jesus, and they'll begin to proclaim and praise my holy name, and in that you'll make Jesus famous. Yes, you'll bless neighborhoods and nations. Yes, you'll rise up and take your place to what I've called this church to do because I planned for it before the foundation of the world. And this church shall do what I've called it to do. And at last, at the very end, you'll rise up before my throne and I'll tell you all, well done. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, two of the gifts of the Spirit are tongues and interpretation of tongues. As given for our exhortation our edification, and our comfort. It's given to encourage us. It's given to comfort us. Was anyone encouraged and comforted by the words from the Holy Ghost today? Let's lift our hands one more time. Father, we thank you for tongues and interpretation of tongues. Glory to God. Praise God. You may go to your seats if you're up here. Stand to your feet just a moment longer. We're almost done. And just for a teaching moment, because we're a Holy Ghost church. So you heard three tongues, and you heard someone praise in their own tongue. And so the Lord helped me interpret in three tongues, while the one man prays in his own tongue. So one of the things you'll see by the Holy Ghost moves, you'll see different things, and they're all in line to Scripture. But we have to flow with the Holy Ghost. We've seen people healed. We've seen tongues and interpretation of tongues. We've seen God do amazing things. Because John 16, Jesus of the Holy Ghost came to lift up or to glorify or to make Jesus famous. The Holy Spirit is still working in the earth because the job of making Jesus famous is not done. And he's going to keep moving through us and more people will be saved and delivered and lives will be transformed because of the word of God and the power of the Spirit. Amen. Every head bow, every eye close in prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.